The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games. A show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Chris and Stefan. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing really good, recovering from Cabin Con 2019. Whoop, whoop. Um... It was pretty fun, and had some good eats, had played plenty of role-playing games. No Genesis, though. This isn't a group for it. But we did some Warhammer and D-Shift-7D, so that was fun. Very so, nice. Yep. Awesome. What's up, Stefan? Finally, yes, I'm back. I've had to drive all the way to Montreal, the big city, to get some decent internet, but I'm here. <laughs> you dedicated bastard, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and at the same time, I visit my folks, which is also another perk, you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there went out, spent some time with mom, went out shopping, and, you know, a little lunch together, so quality time with, uh, with Perfect. mom. Perfect. Yep. How about you, Tony? How have you been? You, you, yeah. We've done, this is what, the 38th episode You've asked how I've done, but I think this might be the first time. How have you been, buddy? I've been excellent. Uh, yeah, see, this is why you don't ask. That's me. why I don't you ask me you. on the spot. <laughs> All right, like, so ah, then, well, great <laughs> radio, Tony. You're silent. <laughs> <laughs> so then we can move on to the news, then, Stefan, if you'd like. <laughs> All right, fine. We can move on since uh, Tony doesn't want to share anything that happened in his life. You know, <laughs> I work. That's what I do. <laughs> That's it. Seven days a week, sometimes twelve-hour days. Uh, I'm, I'm a boring son of a bitch. Move on. <laughs> All right, so let's go to a section about news. Uh, I know you may have touched on it, I think, last time, last show, with uh, the new news that came out with uh, uh, Fantasy Flight Games. Fantasy Flight Games, the uh, Genesis Foundry came oh. out. So uh, I keep, I've been keeping an eye on it. You know, and There's a, a few new products that came out uh, since it... Uh, it opened on DriveThruRPG, and uh, a couple of settings that are pretty cool, depending on what you want to run. There's one called Hope, basically the Hope Preparatory School uh, Freshman Handbook. So I'm thinking about as a freshman handbook, does that mean there'll be more books coming out? You know, this is freshman year. It could be senior's year eventually, or sophomore. Right. So this is a setting where basically think of... Uh, Professor Xavier's School for the Gifted. Oh, oh like, so nice. You, That's cool. You, young people who are dealing with uh, their lives and the puberty and 
superpowers. So, you know, you thought zits were bad. You know, <laughs> no, I'm shooting electricity <laughs> out of my fingers. So. <laughs> I, shoot, I shoot electricity out of my zits. Woo-hoo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> better your fingers than other places, I guess. Yeah, that is exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You don't want to know the last place I teleported to. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right, then, damn near uh, killed him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there is a, another setting called Something Strange. Uh, not quite Stranger Things, although you could take it that way. Not the kids on bikes kind of setting, but a bit of a horror. You know, vampires, werewolves. Maybe more. more you can also use it for, let's say, like the TV show Supernatural. You fight against uh, darkness and uh, and evil of uh, different chi- different types. Nice. So have that available now. And finally, my last little bit is Inquisition, Genesis Medieval Dark Fantasy setting. Oh yeah. Uh, so to me, this screamed you know uh, the Witcher kind of a game. So you you play the uh, the witch hunter, the supernatural hunter, in more medieval. Dark Ages time. Yep, I think we did a fifty pieces of awesome on that months yeah, ago. So there you on it. Well just done. To do it. That was a cool yep. setting. Yep. yep. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on that. Uh, there might be some more stuff uh, coming up. Uh, I wanted to mention maybe a little quickly that you know, waiting for Fantasy Flight Games to, to come up with stuff, I decided you know uh, to make my own uh, critical injury deck. Uh, I had bought some blank cards and wrote you know, in this case by hand. The, the Genesis critical hit uh, injury, so I can hand it to players, put them in sleeves to protect them. So, oh yeah, can, those, are, those were cool, dude. They, yeah, so a bit like you know, I could have bought the Star Wars ones, but I wanted something just for Genesis. So there they you are go. slightly <laughs> different. They are they okay. Are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we realized that playing playing so our game once. I think we we were rolling on the star wars table and we're like wait a second and i had my genesis yeah. book open i'm like wait a second that's not what this is so slightly different. that's not exactly <laughs> but that's okay sometimes you can always tweak it you know i don't think it was a game breaker kind of thing so so that's it for uh the news uh, as far as i'm concerned nice yep. awesome sauce well yep. we do have one little bit of uh listener feedback um mm, there we go mm-hmm. From Jared W., Jared Wilson, says, Hey guys, this is Jared W. I've won a couple of sets of 50 pieces of awesome, which are in the bank collecting interest. Thank you. How much interest? (laughs) Shit. I don't know. I didn't know we could collect interest on that. (laughs) I know. We've got to get them out of our pouch and put them in the bank. Yeah, Yeah, we do. That's it. Some kind of bonds or something. (laughs) But he uh, did work on uh, the Ghostbusters one that we did. uh, dinosaurs and cowboys, as well as Indiana Jones and Crimson Skies settings. So oh, yeah. he's done a lot of setting uh, uh, conversions. Cool. Uh, he says, I had this idea listening to your last ep- podcast. That was um, when we had feedback two episodes ago from a listener about, and mm-hmm. the response I had was about decoupling abilities and uh, 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 characteristics and skills. He says, I like the example of brawn plus coercion. And it got me to thinking of brawn plus charm. I imagine a guy flexing his muscles at a beach, trying to impress a girl. In my system, I'm going to include an automatic upgrade whenever you decouple. (laughs) Um, Which I I love that idea. I think that 
it should include a cha- a chance for despair. I imagine that the guy in the beach flexing is completely dissuading the girl with his despair. Uh, love the show. Yeah, she Thanks for everything. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Love the show. Thanks for everything you guys do. And uh, signed Jared Wilson. So, Go ahead, Stefan. Now what were you saying? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Jared, for that feedback. But, yeah, I can imagine, you know, the, the beach bod guy just, you know, you know, he's not doing it to the right girl. She's, she likes more of the cerebral guy or the more of the, the surfer dude. He's like, no, no, you're not doing it for me. <laughs> or, he just came, or, he, or he just came out of the, the cold ocean, right? And Yeah. <laughs> or something. It's true. Yeah, right? the, the very small Speedo is not covering by that much. <laughs> That's right. Oops. The uh, the thought of this guy Go doing back. that just made me think of Johnny Bravo, the cartoon my yeah. kids watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, definitely a clueless dude, and he had a lot of that dude rolled a lot of well, despair. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> yeah. He, he mm-hmm. looked for opportunities for despair. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. All oh, right, yeah. but yeah, yeah Jared, I, thank you for writing us. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, and yeah, we 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 like the idea of decoupling skills um, for particularly if you're gonna yeah. de- uh, decouple them and have them specific to your setting, like doing them differently, or even if you're gonna leave them decoupled and apply it based on uh, my my suggestion. Though, if you're gonna do that, um, lo- uh, shrink the skill list down a little bit so that your approaches uh, divide the way the skills are done as opposed to the, sk- the broader skill skill not like you only need one knowledge uh, your approach mm-hmm. is where you're going to come from with that so right. knowledge brawn of course <laughs> right I mean yeah. don't call him muscle head for nothing <laughs> right yeah <laughs> alright well cool yeah that was good so that's the only listener feedback for this week because we gotta get into it but first we need to yes. award some 50 piece of awesome don't we yes there before we head on into our three headed monster setting brainstorm mm-hmm. that was the that was the episode title by the way everybody <laughs> yeah yep. yes we are gonna be doing a setting brainstorm tonight um okay. but first on to 50 pieces of awesome Fifty pieces of awesome, yeah. Hey, it's the next where, section. This is where Chris goes out onto the interweb, scours it, or just goes to drive through RPG and looks at this <laughs> awesome new Foundry stuff and yes. uh, brings something back for us to talk about. What do you got this week, Chris? Oh, are you guys ready? Are sure. you guys are you guys ready to fight? Yes. Yes, yes. I have ready, ready fights by Keith Kappel. Um, that we are going to look at tonight for 50 Pieces Awesome because it's 106 pages of fighting uncombat, unarmed combat goodness for the most yeah. part. One thing that I want to mention, though, is I know the other PDFs have this, and I don't know how to freaking do it, but, man, when you when you can click on something in the table of contents and you can go right to that section, very cool. Oh, yeah. 
So it's yeah, set up cool like that. Feature. Yep, definitely indexed. Nice too. Um, he's added archetypes to this thing. Um, new skills and talents. Um, oh, one of the things that he did was break out brawn or brawl, I should say, into two separate skills: grappling, which is brawn based, and striking, brawl striking, which is agility based. So you can have like your wrestlers, or you can have like your martial artists, you know, um, type like, characters. This is exactly yeah, what Hemlock Jones needed. <laughs> yeah, He's been so horrible at beating dudes up in these fights that I've been in in advantageous threats. It's because I didn't have his skill divided up. Hemlock is a striker. Whoop whoop. Ah! <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, so the archetypes here, you know, we got like a professional boxer, a college athlete, um, a martial artist, uh, a high school wrestler. Which kind of when I, when I read that, I'm like, oh man, you could totally do kind of a Stranger Things kind or Tales from yeah. the Loop kind of thing. Um, as well, you know, and yeah, there's your high school wrestler, you know, that uh, has yep. like one rank in resilience. Um, you can s- spend a story point to reroll any two dice from a single check, which if I ever have we ever seen that before? Instead of rolling, mm. doing a reroll of the whole check, it's you only need to reroll two dice from a single check. That's interesting. That could be interesting, yeah, especially when you have, let's say, a dice that come up blanks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a good idea, which came up the other night. <laughs> we had a yeah, big-ass sure. pool, and about half of them came up blank. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's just as frustrating as having having them all canceled by failures. It's like, like oh, but but I got boost dice, and I, they all come up you know, blanks. <laughs> That's I'm shooting right. blanks. You hold yourself out big time for those boost dice, and they came up blank, right, Stefan? Yeah. Yeah, at least get me a one symbol, you know, even an advantage is something. <laughs> there you go. And something else that made me think. So you have that. So there's a couple of um, careers that they threw that he threw in here, uh, the competitor, the professional, but something called the, prom- the promoter, which, you know, uh-huh. I mean, it, it kind of can make this. So I think of... Um, uh, having this crew supporting this fighter type, right. one's a promoter, your face man, and they're going around the country or universe or world, hopping planets. Well, that's it. You're doing spice. Well, yeah, you have your promoter or me, like Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> <laughs> mean Gene Okerlund? I don't know who that is. Well, that's you. Uh, you know, promoter of the big wrestling federation in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> gotcha. And speaking of wrestling, he's got different mm-hmm. like settings to do to run this stuff in that he kind of created. Um, one is a pro wrestling setting, huh? which is pretty cool. There you I go. I say. And then the I do Kung Fu yeah. setting. Kung Fu setting. Hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The street brawler setting and the tournament setting. I love them. They're all great. Yeah, isn't it though? No. Nice. So on page one thing that I want to mention, and this is interesting for those of you writing your own writing your own settings out there. Um cool. to, there's a side, unarmed combat. Yeah. Well there well there's there's a sidebar here on page twenty of this document talking about Genesis Core rulebook talents. 
And he specifically calls out Deadeye and Hamstring Shot. So Deadeye is a tier four talent from page 79 in the core book that basically says you can use it as normal by substituting references to the range skill with this brawl and grappling or brawl striking skill. And in the hamstring shot as well, tier one talent, you could substitute the range weapon um, references to the kick, knee, or joint submission to unarmed weapons or something like that. So that's one thing to maybe keep in mind instead of writing new talents for your setting see if there are talents that do what you want to do that you just need to reskin you know that's yeah from a different skill going from range to personal or vice versa yeah that's a good idea Mm -hmm. excellent yeah and then there's a g you know gm section with optional rules on running adventures and you know using rings and cages or forbidden techniques just all kinds of stuff that he's got in here which is pretty awesome and a guy looks like it goes for 9.95 out on drive through rpg and uh i've already picked it up <laughs> i picked it up uh, day he one. announced <laughs> he announced today that it uh, is a silver bestseller it's uh reached that already uh, wow. already that's great nice. well congratulations there keith that's awesome yeah so congratulations not only does he get congratulations for that, but no, but we will now avoid uh, award another fifty pieces of awesome that he can put uh, in his bank account and gain interest as well. <laughs> Excellent. Learn, learn from Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So well, congratulations, uh, Keith. You know, yeah. fifty pieces of awesome to you. Shall we go over and kick off our next brainstorming session? Yep, let's do it. All right. Um, Welcome back to the Books of Genesis. I don't know where that came from, but... (laughs) Um, (laughs) You guys and gals, um, open up your uh, core rulebook to page 137, because uh, that is where the setting sheet is. Or you can go download it. You could pause, go download it off of FFG, and have it. So we're going to be using this as our as our guide um, to uh, start brainstorming our setting here tonight yep. with with this three headed monster called the Chris Tony Stefan monster. Um, I would have preferred another title show but you know this is more family friendly this this Stefan sandwich (laughs) show yeah the (laughs) Stefan three way (laughs) what you could do that no alright so where do we start gentlemen at the top of the sheet we have the world a base setting genre and tone um do we want to pick a tone? Do we want to pick a genre to start with? What do you guys want to do? Well, last oh. time we did kind of a mix of steampunk and fantasy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was thinking of either doing a mix or I have this idea. Again, my idea is equally as important as yours. Wait, let's doing do something. Right. Something futuristic. Okay. 
Futuristic okay. is the genre. Right. Well, I had a couple of ideas that I wrote down a while ago. Uh, but if we're going futuristic for a genre, for a genre. Well, what what uh, what, what what did you have for genres there, Stefan? Were you thinking? Well, two, well one was sci- was sci-fi, like very futuristic. Uh, the other one was well, it could be sci-fi, but instead of going, let's say, with just normal races, you know, human size, or going really big, uh, going into a world of, of the small. You know, oh, you're playing yeah. insects. You're playing insects. Interesting. So, so it's know. a small Ants world after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna. That's my note. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, ants and termites. Like you know, bees and wasps, scarabs, beetles, dragonflies, cockroaches. You know that you reminds know. me of that reminds <laughs> me of it was actually as I took my girls to it. There was this movie that came out a few years ago, maybe I don't know five, six, seven years ago, where it was in that. It wasn't like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or anything like that, but it was like a, a, a they shrunk down into this fantasy realm of fairies and what. Do you guys remember that one? Uh, yeah, yeah. There was I can't remember uh, what it was, but. I forget the name of it, but yeah, they one little kid gets shrunk down uh, to defend the world, you know, and then they've got the bad guys, which are very much almost like very uh, uh, cricket-like. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Skinny cricket dudes. Yeah, for I the like bad that. guys, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he sort of goes through the a telescope kind of device, but from the big end to the small end, that's how he shrinks. So anyway, nice. but I forget the name of that. So yeah, anyway, I can't when you, name of it. so we're you're saying like a universe of the small. Now this is like small creatures, or is this okay? People just they're all small sized. I, yeah, I, but I, instead, yeah, instead of being people just like you and me, they you actually play these bugs. Oh. You choose a bugs as races. I don't know. I'm just throwing the ideas around. And my sci-fi right. setting it's a small world was after like all a pen- slash a bug's life. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Yeah, kind yeah. Thing. Okay, cool. The other idea I wrote down, which you know may not have has nothing to do with it, with the, the bugs, was like a futuristic pen dragon. Uh, setting, you know, the legends of Arthur come back and got starships and mechs, but that might be too much like your, your mecha- uh, you know, primordial mech, mech machina, which already has mechs in it. So, well, I had two also. I had, like I said, the futuristic one, and I had a gritty crime world, like oh, okay. uh, where uh, it's a the setting is actually a just a ginormous city world, city planet. And okay. it's like just riddled with crime. Okay. Now those were my two ideas. Chris, well, what about you? I've you know I was kind of leaning the sci-fi route as well. Might not have <laughs> anything to do with that all that I've been watching a shit ton of Stargate with my daughter over the last <laughs> four or five months. Um, no, no. There's that. There's that. But but what I liked about and the fact that I'm getting jazzed about um, the um, expanse coming up. Um, Mm. But what I liked about that setting was going to different worlds, being able to just oh we want to we want a primitive world. Oh you want to do do we want to do do we want to do some um, 
some D-Shift-7-D this weekend. Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's go to this planet that's like, you know, medieval times kind of thing. Medieval kind of times, one mm-hmm. is a jungle planet, the other one's frozen. So uh, I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, and it really opens up. Yeah. What if, Yeah. what if we have, our world isn't really a world. What if our world is a tavern Oh. that jumps between worlds? Oh, I like it. Interdimensional tavern, yeah. A tavern that jumps between worlds. I love yeah. it. That's good. Chris, that is yeah, cool. Before, before Chris had his, uh, through his idea, when Tony about the, this big world, which is one big city, I thought, what if that big city riddled with crime is just people by insects? <laughs> Who live nice. together? <laughs> oh no, that's awesome! I like that. Yeah, um, the gritty cricket detective and the femme fatale. You're pushing, his, you're pushing his bug's life, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you got, I don't know. Just can leave it. We can leave it be. As no well, dwarves, you know. though, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, the this thing. Thing. dwarves would, might be. I don't know. Ladybugs with beards. <laughs> nice ladybugs with beards. Oh shit! There's a character concept coming. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I... But yeah, uh, a tavern? Interdimensional tavern? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Which is bigger on the inside than the outside? <laughs> well, it's just basically, you know, how the trope of... Here's a trope. You want to you wanna jump on tropes here every once in a while. Mm-hmm. There's a trope of the adventuring party. You want to do a serialized thing. Where do you start most adventures... In the yeah. old D and D, you started in a tavern. Yeah, you do. What if, what if our tavern jumps between worlds? That allows us to start each serialized session of this in a tavern, the mm-hmm. same tavern. There we go. <laughs> and and whatever that tavern has jumped to that world for, you're either wait, wait that tavern's jumped to that world. The people in yeah. the tavern want it to jump to a new world. The only way to get it to do so. Uh, to a one that is positive, maybe, is they they have to find a something or someone and bring it into the tavern. That's right. Find the MacGuffin to move the tavern, right? But if they don't find it, they fail and the tavern moves somewhere random so it could go bad places. Right. Nice. Depending, I don't know, maybe the tavern, you know, like you said, the patrons arrive, you know, uh, to hire adventurers. Uh, depending where they come from, the, the tavern can move to their world. You know, if it's a sci-fi world, the tavern changes. It looks like a cantina. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, it goes, if it goes into a Victorian era, it's a, it's a British pub kind of thing, maybe. There you go. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So, so then, could, does that kind of lead us into a tone, then, that we might want I think wanna... we do have a tone. Uh, this seems like a pulpy, a it... sci-fi pulp. Yeah, it really right. does. Sci-fi pulp. For sure. And with we can sprinkle in the horror, the You could have a bit of fantasy thrown in there. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Those well, could the, be sprinkled in. Individually, based on the adventure that you want to write. Absolutely. The romance, if you yeah. want. That's it. You know, the, the Indiana Jones exploration of ruins, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, now, 
with any kind of overarching kind of story of this tavern that jumps from place to place, just like Doctor Who, just like in Sliders, just like in um, a lot of the other types of shows mm-hmm. that had that serial, there is an overarching enemy that travels through dimensions as well. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kind of reminds me a little bit sometimes of Sliders, alternate versions of Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we had, and I, and I had this in my notes on a potential enemy for whatever setting we were going to do, but have you guys, uh, did you guys ever play Magic? Um, no, Magic not Gathering? so much. First, okay. Magic the Gathering, Alpha, you mean? Alpha when yeah. it came out, but a I long did. time ago. Oh yeah, I played a lot when it came out. Uh, some me and some of my friends bought some an entire starter box and split the uh, the booster packs between us. <laughs> well, I have this. There's a race that comes from the Magic Universe. They're called Slivers. Right, I remember those. And they they come in all different shapes, shapes and sizes. They're there are hundreds of thousands of different types of slivers out there, but they're yeah. all ruled by one queen. Right, a bit bug-like, if I remember the creatures, but yeah, it could be. Yeah, they're very bug-like. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I, There's your bugs, your Stefan. Theme, jumping on your theme of, uh, of, of bugs, of yeah. bugs. I just I thought, you know, okay, here's one. Because I had a couple of ideas on different types of monstrous alien races. Like, yeah. For some reason, I got a thing for four-armed guys like the Thrykreen or the Tharks from John Carter. Mm, uh, cool. I really like people with you know four arms, but that that could be any of the bug species we choose. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, I like this monstrous alien race, kind of like the Slivers, kind of like mm-hmm. the aliens, for lack of a better example. I, yeah. I, yeah. The xenomorphs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. from aliens. Well, that's it, and you can adapt them to any situation. You want a big bad sliver to be a big brawler kind of thing, you know. One can can be almost the size of a rhinoceros, and that's a pretty nasty foe. Or you have these small little slivers that hang around in swarms. So you got your minion groups like that. So depending, you know, they're all made for different tasks. Oh yeah, excellent. And that's where our tavern and those could be some of the worlds that our tavern jumps to. The ones yeah. that are being threatened yeah, infested, by the slivers, yeah. that are being yeah. that are infested or might become infested or something. Yeah, yeah. these things are transdimensional mm. invaders. Yeah. They go from planet to planet, and um, you know they they would love to have the tavern to control it, to be able to jump it f- from desired world to desired world. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, they just open random. Po- they find ways to open random portals from one world to the next. And yeah, but this this would if so you know kind of is the the antagonists in the setting, right? Yeah, and maybe that's Definitely. you know, and I know, and I know they're you know the setting say like the fifty fathoms right had a had an overarching story arc for the right. world, and you know as open as we might want this to be, so anybody can do what we want. Maybe that's the the overarching storyline for this in that the reason why we're jumping between these worlds is to stop these slivers from building their own tavern. Maybe they're starting to build one and stop that or something, but that's neither here nor there, but 
What do you think? I'm seeing Tony raising his hands going, shit, big ass, big ass light bulb. The light bulb just came on. <laughs> and it's not your head. It's like above your light, up, no. above your head. Let's see what you got. Okay. What if the background is the, the creator of the tavern was captured by the queen of the whatever monstrous people, creatures we call them. Okay. Um, and she and some of her minions are psionic creatures. They have psionic mind-reading abilities. And the guy who created this tavern, they stole his dimensional hopping secret. And while they can do so randomly, they want to... Again, the tavern, they want to be able to do it... uh, Yeah, more at will and control it. But yeah, maybe instead of capturing whoever invented or created the tavern they, they they have partial information but they're trying to look well, for like him he got away he got yeah. away he's in the tavern he owns it he's part of it yeah that'd be your nice that'd be your perfect kind of uh go give mission giver kind of guy to have yeah. inside the tavern the bartender the bartender yeah the uh, <laughs> the barman he's the one who's handing out all the information or at least we could just call him the tender yeah, barman. <laughs> the tender. Innkeeper. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's kind of Q. He's kind of like super powerful. Um, omnipotent almost, but doesn't want to use it for any kind of personal gain. Just likes to serve drinks and meet new interesting people. <laughs> nice. 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 <laughs> kind of nice, but I think... If he's there, like the players would say, "Well, why don't you do something about it?" I, I would almost say, "Like he's absent." No, he's afraid. He's no, he doesn't want to no, leave the a- tavern. That's the only place he can be where they can't read his mind. Mm, maybe I don't know. Doesn't want to leave. Doesn't not want to get near any bugs. <laughs> he doesn't like bugs. <laughs> maybe he is the tavern. Maybe he is the tavern. That's why it jumps. Right. And the barman is just. Uh, a manifestation of his yeah. will. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. He, and they're trying to capture the tavern mm-hmm. and every anything that you know is the secret of the tavern. Yep. I like no, it. Another reason maybe the tavern keeps jumping too is like, oh no, they're getting too close. Gotta go. Gotta move. <laughs> there you go. You guys. You guys have to do something because they're getting close. <laughs> Can't let the queen, you know, uh, <laughs> get a hold of me. <laughs> okay. That, that That's could, cool. You know, so he has invested all his power into the tavern. So he can't really defend himself. That's why he needs the adventurers in, in, in some way. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Well, that kind of sounds like we kind of, I kind of took notes on all of that. That's kind of our overview, right? Yeah. I mean. It's a big overview, but there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the tavern that jumps between worlds that's been created by this Q-like entity Mm -hmm. um, where he is kind of, where he is, either he created the tavern or he is the tavern and the tavern is manifesting. You can leave that a little bit bit vague. Yeah, well right now we don't need to, this is just brainstorming, but yeah, that's good. Those are all good. All right. Excellent. 
So player races. Mm-hmm. Or no, just kidding. We, no? we wanted to, <laughs> we got our tropes and themes. You know, we kind of want this um, to be a theme we're searching for is kind of serialized pulp adventure, right? Right. Yep. Um, always trying to get a MacGuffin, you know. You could throw in other elements, but that's really the, 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 the gist of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What themes are we going to exclude? Well, let's see. Well, um, grim dark. Yeah, I don't really think it needs to be grim and gritty. No, no. A little bit of more fun, serialized, you know, TV yep. fun. Do we want to exclude um, what other tropes? Let me think. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think in superheroes, those could be worlds we can go to. Or do we want yeah. to exclude something like that? Well, I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah. it's it's doable. The idea is to have the worlds be that that the places that you go and the characters that you make are going to be. This is a unique setting, so mm-hmm. we don't want to copy something that someone else is doing. No. So we definitely want to avoid copyrighted material. Um, yep. So you know we're not going to jump to Star Wars. And we're not going to jump to no. Terranoth, and we're not going to jump to Android. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, if if an individual G- GM wants to do that, that's up to them. But uh, yeah, as, as a product that we may or may not produce, yeah, we want to avoid those so issues. <laughs> you certainly could. One of the worlds you certain the tavern could certainly show up in is Terranoth. Or right. it could be in the shadow of the beanstalk somewhere, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's right. totally yeah. up to yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was getting ready to jump onto a trope or theme that I wanted to subvert because I have one here that I, I got from a listener and I thought it really kind of just, I liked the idea and we've already kind of touched on the psionics a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What if we were to have psionics be a basically our magic um, psionics, and psionic combat could be done using the like retooling and subverting the net running rules from Shadow of the Beanstalk? Ooh, subverting yeah. psionics to act. Yeah. Okay. To act like so, to act like magic. Oh. And um, the what are the what are the not net running? What is it called? Is it called net running? Yeah, running, running. It's called running or hacking. Net running, hacking in Genesis Core. But so basically, you instead of having programs, you'll have uh, defenses, just like the old psionics in D and D, where you had the mind wall, mental, yeah, mental, yeah, mental disciplines that allow you to attack and defend. Yes, yes, brain brain moles you have to have the right defense in in order to defend against certain attacks and things like that oh yeah I like it definitely definitely. Um, I think they were called defenses right Yeah. yeah defenses attacks and defenses Cool. Yeah, that's cool. That is pretty cool. And now we think in 
everybody has these or everybody starts with something and through talents, experience points, whatever, they can improve them if they want to. I think we could probably just have it be a few careers that have the yeah, much like not everybody. much like in yeah. Shadow of the Beanstalk, not everybody is a runner, but everybody there's everybody three or four pack. different careers that could yeah. mm-hmm. could there's three or four different careers that are good at defending or good at uh, attacking or, or good at both. And you could even have ones that use their psionics like uh, a like a magical power in a different way. Right. Cool. Like a like a wizard or a mage. Right. Awesome. I'm a mind mage. <laughs> so we would probably have, so not to get into skills or anything like that, but we would have an offensive and a defensive version of whatever this skill is, whether it's called psionics or what we call it, right? Uh-huh. To act as the hacking or the sysops. For yep. the net yeah. running rules, cool. Yeah, so cool. basically instead of arcane, primal, you have, yeah, psionics, but split into two. Yep. So, actually, well, yeah, you, kind of. It'd be kind of split into three. The right. way I say, because you'd have one for mental attack, one for right. mental defense, and then for one for manifesting physical uh, magic type. Right, because you could have psionic attack, but it's not... A mental attack is maybe like throwing. Uh, um, uh, oh, I see what you mean. Yep. Telekinesis, yep. you know, t- t- throwing, you know, bear- ball bearings at, at your enemy, or defending, uh, you know, uh, or confusing them, like a curse or something like that. Yeah, just simple, simple, like what I call magic-like manifestations of the power. That's it. Yeah. Th- those that would be like your. Uh, oh, to use different terms here, that would be more like your um, psychoactive. Um, you're grabbing the protoplasm of the universe, creating right. something out of nothing. <laughs> That's, That's it. Um, yeah, just like you know, Jean Grey does. You know, she, it seems like she manifests fire sometimes with her telekinesis. Yep. So and yeah. Well, that that'll be with skills later on. I can. Right, can discuss that. Like making a quick right. note of that. That's how we would. That's what. So that's a theme we're going to subvert. Anything else we we're going to subvert? Kind of twist it on its head in in a way. Uh, let's see, not that I can think of off the top. I think this is good. Let's let's continue. We're on a roll here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So do we want to move down? So do we want to work on the skills? Well, the skill list, or do we want to continue? Oh, go ahead. Oh, we could go into factions and organizations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we want, you know, we want two or three, maybe four um, factions. We we already have two. We have yeah the 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 bar and his yeah. and the people in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe inside the bar there is a like a hidden resistance of people who don't want to work for the bar work for the the owner of the bar the 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 tavern right the 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 the, the what do i call them the tender right <laughs> maybe i don't know they, that might be a small group splinter group or an organization mm-hmm. maybe yep. yeah so we've got at least those sliver of beings yeah and the tavern that's two 
Mm-hmm. Oh, the sliver group. Yep. I'll, I'll come a better up term with for now. Name. Yeah, I'll come up with it. Oh, that's name. all right. I'm good at that. Once the in a sliver while. hive, if you will. Um. Let's see. What if there is a like a time police, almost like a oh. a police organization? That's I like, like that idea. Because uh, what what Braid what brings to mind what I have that comes to mind is uh, if you've ever played Rifts, um, and there's oh. this uh, place called the Three Galaxies. There's um, a, a world called Phase World, and Phase World is very much uh, everything comes and goes through Phase World. But there's a group of guys who run the Phase World technology, and they act as a police force, preventing not people from hurting each other but people from hurting the mechanism itself right um, and that is they're called the Prometheans in that um, the transdimensional and, police yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're only to keep some sort of to keep the the fabric of time and space from falling apart right and maybe you they're more or less against the tavern the, the keeper the uh, the tender because he's, what he's done, you know, being the the tavern sort of breaks some of these rules, but it's a gray zone. So sometimes, when he jumps, it, it does make ripples. So sometimes they they try to police that or smooth those things over. So there's always a bit of tension, not open hostility, but you know, maybe that's why there's a f- small faction within the tavern that sort of is against the tavern. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're sort of like in, inside informants. <laughs> I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it too. Trying to tie Tony's idea from earlier, so. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. That's what brainstorming I'm is. Down, uh, I'm just throwing down a couple of yeah. things here, like the factions, organizations, what their goal is. Right. The sliver hive to capture the tavern. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah the, the police force is to keep the fabric. Of time and space held together. Now, yeah. the what is the goal of the tavern patrons? Of the the ones that are yeah, the resistance, that, so to speak. Not the resistance. No, but no people that are in the for the, the tender. Yeah. The, I, we, we're going to have to come up with something different than the tender because that's too much like Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> I keep hearing Tinder every time you say it, so that we're going to change that. Well. well we could call him just the innkeeper or the keeper. I like that. Stefan said that. Ooh, the keeper. Yeah. I like the keeper. Yeah. There we go. All right. So, yeah, so the goal of our our adventures, basically. Um, yeah, and what do you, what? I don't know. It almost makes... Uh, There be some, the goals of the ten, the keeper can be a little vague sometimes. Sometimes they, some well, missions might not have any overall any, any, to link, survive yeah, link to the previous one. To to I oh you know what I think I think it's um to um to survive <laughs> to survive the hive um yeah, that's and and um to eliminate it. Yeah, there are threats. Away, there are big. 
they're a big threat that the, you know, the dimensional cops don't right. don't, don't think uh, is a big of a threat. But yeah, uh, he's trying to find a way to defeat them. Well, maybe the the hive are have like perhaps they are secretive. They they hide from the transdimensional police. They oh, don't yeah. even know they exist. It's a right. threat that they're not aware of. Yeah, they don't believe the uh, anyone who tells them, oh, there's this hive mind. That, that No, yeah, right, oh, you mean? Oh, you're saying the police <laughs> don't believe there's a hive? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right, all right. Any, I'm making a note of worlds that. that. Any worlds that the hive invade, obviously there's no one left right. to yep. tell those stories, and those stories are nothing but rumors. The, the trans-dimensional police or whatever they mm-hmm. are, the police force that we have, mm-hmm. they don't believe that it, that, mm-hmm. that this universe-spanding hive mind of insects is is insect-like creatures. I, oh. oh, you know what? And that's what it is. Here it is. To, so the tavern patrons are trying to survive the hive and to um, gather evidence. Yeah. Because if psionics are involved, then... There is. Yeah. And the, since there's psionics involved, even if one of these cops sees it, sometimes, you know, the, one of these hives, you know, just muddles his mind, you know, like force powers. No, this is not what you saw. No. Men in black. They yeah. Have, they have the little flashy things. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> not all of those hive creatures have it, but some of them will. Yeah, they've got these special enforcers. Like, no, no, we've got our cleanup crew of... Uh, <laughs> Hive insects, like <laughs> insects in black. <laughs> insects in black, nice. So, could this hidden resistance yeah. with oh, no, the these black widows are, sh- are showing up? Not the black widows. <laughs> <laughs> so, could this hidden resistance within the tavern be sympathetic to the hive and try and maybe and they're, they're trying to and basically their goal? Brain. Good. You were both talking at the same time. Stefan, go ahead. Sorry, I had paused there because I thought my internet had paused. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. stuttering. So, yeah, no, they, they could uh, they could have been brainwashed. They could have been simply, you know, they've got a this weird bug, smaller bug in their ear that's converting them, that's forcing them to act this way, whatever mm-hmm. uh, we work out. But, yeah, they, they, they're trying to get some inside information on the tavern, how it works, and maybe giving the hive some advanced knowledge like on the next place it's going to appear. That works. Maybe it doesn't... They don't always get message back to the hive in time, but you know, they, they try. Well, that's cool. So we have our four factions. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Well, three and a half. <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah, three and a half, yeah. That's pretty good so far, I think. I like it. All yeah. right. So, movers and shakers? Oh, yeah. The keeper. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> the keeper. How about the um, the police captain? Yeah, definitely one particular captain that's uh, involved in the task force. Sorry, trying to... the police commissioner, right? Mm-hmm. Now we can just call him the commish. Yeah. (laughs) That copyrighted? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, you think? (laughs) The police commissioner. um, Well, the queen, of course. 
Yes. The Hive Queen. And her various consorts that uh, take, maybe, uh, carry out her, her, her wishes, her, her generals. <laughs> okay. Um, three good? Oh, no, I want one more. All right. Perfect. What you I got, want, Tone? I've got this idea for a personality. A guy who is almost as powerful as the Keeper, who hangs out in the bar. He hangs out in there. He's like a permanent resident. And he's the guy you go to for things, for gear and stuff. That you, If you need gear or you need a thing that might he might actually have it for sale. Oh, the, the so, fixer. So an <laughs> M equivalent. <laughs> yeah, or the Q right. equivalent. Oh, no, this guy definitely is all about making oh, the money. Oh, Q, sorry. Oh. So he, he would be more of not a quartermaster. He's more of a, uh, like Stefan said, he's, he's a fixer guy. He's, a go- yeah. Mr. G- he's the guy you go to. Like he's quirk. Uh, like quirk. From, keeper um, and fixer. From Deep Space Nine. I've been watching Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I have to admit what what would it be a good uh, a name for this guy? Some kind of just uh, I'll figure it out. Yeah, but I I, don't know. I just I'd imagine I think this, him this, being sometimes not flaky, but a bit of a joker sometimes. You know, like almost the personality of Loki. I don't know if Loki can be it's not, not copyrighted, but no. But he's that. Yeah, he's that kind of mischievous, always up to something, may sell you something that's defective without you noticing, you know, those kinds of... He's always got something, his own agenda. And it's usually about getting rich quick and... So Quirk. Kind of a Greek... So Quirk from... Yeah. Yeah, oh. I just thought, you know, calling him Puck, which is, I think, a Greek... uh, Divinity of mischief and mayhem a little bit. Puck? Not necessarily evil, but... Yeah, Puck. <laughs> like it. Cool. So we got Keeper, the Commissioner, Queen, and, and real Puck. N- yeah. Like... Puck the Fixer kind of thing. <laughs> Puck the Fixer. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, you need something good? to infiltrate a computer system? Uh, yeah, this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've got one of those. I know a guy. Yeah. He's a guy that knows. Yeah. Him. You need a data spike, you know? I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this one. It's a little old, but you know, the code should still be good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, we're down at the bottom, almost down to the bottom of the page. The major species types. Let's go into those. Let's brainstorm on some species. Yes. I think we need humans. Yep. Yeah, humans will probably be the standard. No. I want to say it, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want to say dragons? Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, dragons. dragons. Yeah, dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Or bugs. Oh, no, we already have bugs. What about a race of um, like 
shapeshifters. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. A, a little bit like uh, in DS9. No. Liquid form not, a little bit. No. No, not I'm like not Odo. thinking that kind of shapeshifter. Oh, I'm thinking okay. more along the lines of maybe like a skinwalker. They they choose a form, and they can shapeshift into that form only. Oh, okay. So uh, basically a lycanthrope, but not necessarily lycanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would basically get shape-shifting like right. the talent. They would get it as a, as a racial ability. But right. instead of having, you know, that one being vague, they actually have to choose a, an animal type that they change into. And okay. you could have... Yeah, and, and it's not... It's not a wear creature. It's not a mix between forms. It's they shapeshift between that and that. So okay. whether it's a bird or a wolf or right. a cat, they okay. can shape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Just so you have one shape. Yeah, like uh, a skinwalker is the be- right. the only term I can think of. You know, yeah. Native American. Yeah. So no hybrid form. So we'll turn that we'll turn that trope up a little bit. Yeah, so, no so just animal shape. Yeah, no or just human shape. Humanoid shape and animal shape, and that's it. No, uh, like the like the white wolf game, the the crinal shape, which was the awesome big combat mode. <laughs> so when they pick their animal type, so when they're in their shape shifter mode, they may mm-hmm. have a little pointier nose if they picked a bird, maybe. Yeah, right. or a rat, or or a little something. shifty eyes, and they're Got a rat it. kind of. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's, I mean, we wanted to, now I know we've been talking about insect race. Have we been, uh, we, we want to have players be able to play insects, right? Uh, like full grown. Well, well, do we want, okay, well, here's a question. So we have the sliver bugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there another faction of good bugs <laughs> that Could are be. out there that, they we have that the um, tavern has aligned themselves with, and that's where these races, this, where this race might come from. You well, think? yeah, could. I, I, yeah, I was could. thinking of like no. doing it, calling it one species, yeah. but having several archetypes in it to mimic. Uh, like you have, like Stefan said, you have an ant like one. You have a uh, mm. uh, praying mantis like one. You have a. Yeah. Um, well, a, a beetle like one. You could have three or four different, like the human has three or four different archetypes in it. Right. This race could have three or four different archetypes in it as well. well yeah. Subspecies. Well, yeah. If you if you look at reality, you know when you have an ant colony, some are worker ants, some are warrior ants, uh, and then of course the queen is different. So you might mm-hmm. have similar, I guess. Some of them fly. Some of them don't. Uh, some of them would fly, yeah, flying air. So, well, so we, just like they so had different we, types of bugs in uh, in Starship Troopers. So an ant-like, so an ant-like race with different yeah, ant-like, termite-like, um, whatever, hive-like, definitely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And maybe the maybe the bugs that are that. Or could be player races are not the the sliver likes, but they're a common. Well, I was thinking the alien like race. T- no, the bug like species. Yeah. Where you've got your workers, but, you know, you a, a competing. Your... Mm-hmm. 
maybe the race that's aligned with the tavern, they've almost been completely wiped out, but not totally. Okay. So that's why they're not as numerous. That's why they had to ally themselves with the tavern. Because the slivers, for lack of a better word for now, uh, took advantage of them maybe uh, you know, a few millennia ago. And mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, a, here's a question. So these player there... races are still available, but not as common. Okay. Is there a, is there a race that the psionic ability has evolved from? Now I know you mentioned like the the sliver hive they have the psionics, but yeah, is there a specific race other than that that may specialize in psionics? We could have one maybe of our, a race. Or is it just the humans, or is it maybe just the quality of the humans? Go ahead, Stefan. Um, I was thinking if we're going with the bugs, maybe uh, it started with you know. Uh, with like a praying mantis kind of creature that's learned how to ma- master mind and body and then ta- taught other races, including humans, how to do it. Cool. So we did have basically more than one insectoid race that's a player race. One that's specifically a psionic one. Yeah. And we could have them be praying mantis-like. I like that. You know, call them yeah, mantids kind of the, or something. Mantids. Yeah. The Prius. <laughs> the Prius? I don't want to drive one of those. <laughs> no. Hmm. <laughs> well, the Prius. Prey. <laughs> they also prey on other animals. <laughs> so, oh, maybe so the Prius got... are are almost like they're the intellectuals. You've got uh, a beetle, which is almost like the laborer kind of human template. Uh, uh, I can't ideas out. <laughs> That's why Chris types, because I can barely write. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so right now, I let me get this straight. We have the humans. We have the core archetypes, which humans. I think there's what four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Which and I think have there's. Our, I think I'm there's also there's also a um, a supplement out on um, the Foundry mm-hmm, where they've added yes, there a, where, is. They, where they've added like three other human archetypes. I haven't at least looked a, at that yet, but at least a couple of the. I think they added uh, the athlete and mm-hmm. one more that was more personality, the face man kind of thing. I forget the, the exact term, yeah. but I have to check the PDF. I don't have it now. But I know I downloaded it, a couple of more archetypes, and one of them was the athlete. Yep. So as opposed to the laborer, he's more agility based. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um, so it gives us four types of humans. We have our skinwalker, which is just one race, yeah. one one type. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and then you said you kind of wanted. You now we kind of went with a lot of ideas here, but I'm trying to condense this down to yeah. we want to mm-hmm. we want to have maybe six, seven playable races here. We don't want to have too many because we'll, players will end up with analysis paralysis. No, no. So, 
we That's if it. we were to take our insectoid race and call it one insectoid race and then give the various archetypes the you know the preus archetype as you called it has the psionic ability yeah. the the soul the 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 what you call the worker archetype is yeah. a, a strong simpleton kind of beetle then you have your um right. maybe your your queen archetype which is your leader archetype and they have wings and they're they're presence based and and like one racial name that would give us we could come up with six good Maybe, insect yeah. archetypes. Very charming out. ones, yeah. Yeah, and we but we could call it one race of insects and have six different archetypes. Yeah, I like the right. No, that's it. Uh, I mean, I like the presence-based one, almost like the the black widows, a spider-like kind of creature that are all charm and in uh, charisma. Right. And then you have, you know, okay, maybe you have these winged ones that are um, leaders that are willpower based. Yeah. You know? Or, and then, I mean, I, I can like, yeah. So, at Chris, do you want to add a race? Dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, I'm liking, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. I'm not, I'm not, as, as much as I'm the type who always plays non-humans yeah. all yeah. the time i'm liking the i'm liking this 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 choice of specific kind of human and even i mean we can even do the same thing with these shift the, with the shapeshifters too right based on their animal type they're either well, a I, brawny presence based willpower based shifter kind of thing right or or no so we're saying three races with each with six different archetypes I don't know. Are we? Is that what we're saying? I mean, we're already saying we have two races with six different archetypes, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, that's, a, that's already a that, which is bit. fine with me. This again, no bad, no bad ideas here. Well, no. Or do we? Well, yeah, it's true so that we don't types throw, could have different. Uh, we don't want to throw anything out. Types. That's when Stephen? we do. That's when we do our species show right that's when we're narrow and work everything down this is good you're yeah. trying to say something over there buddy but chris keeps talking over you what are you trying to say that's <laughs> okay oh i mean if we're if we're gonna have archetypes as well as races you know like four archetypes for the humans the shifters could have some archetypes depending on the type of animals yeah big brawny uh bears and uh, uh mako sharks uh would be very strong. The cheetahs and and pumas would be, you know, agility and uh, all dexterous. Uh, rats would be all sneaky and uh, conniving. Uh, eagles uh, would be better. Or other birds of prey uh, might, might be very uh, charismatic. Okay. So no fourth oh. <laughs> fourth species. Minotaur comes my- in mind. Can I have oh four armed minotaurs? Boom! All right. I want a fo- I want a four armed species. <laughs> or four armed minotaurs that are that have big beards and only four foot high. <laughs> <laughs> four armed minotaurs, beards. Yeah, dwarven minotaurs. Four to five. 
four to, arms. Four to four and a half feet tall. <laughs> We're just going to call them Dwartars. Loves, loves wielding axes. <laughs> yeah. And blacksmithing. <laughs> no. <laughs> just no, kidding. They're, they're, no, the minute. That, no, I don't know. I was thinking, I was going through. I was. I, I'll do Go ahead, Stefan. Talk to. No, they're, they're good at knitting and like wine. That's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going through all of these races in my head. And yeah. I just came. It just came back to Minotaur, <laughs> Minotaur, Minotaur, Minotaurs, dude. It's got to be Minotaur. There we go. But they have to have forearms for me. Yeah, I've got oh. forearm Minotaurs in the notes. You know, <laughs> or they could because, be eight feet tall, depending. You know, <laughs> yeah, the four yeah, feet. They're gentle giants, though. Yeah, mm. it could be. <gasps> you know what? Ah. Don't get him angry, though. <laughs> Don't wave any red flags in front of them. <laughs> I know. Okay, so for our minotaurs, they are the builders of the labyrinths. Mm. Maybe they were a slave nope. race of you know the same race that made that the uh, the keeper is from. But now they're independent. Could be, but they're the builders of the labyrinths that confuse the hive. They make these elaborate ah, ra- they make these elaborate elaborate labyrinths to kind of collect and confuse the hive. I don't know. I'm just again, dude. This is like brainstorming, right? Sure, no bad ideas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Later on, we can poo poo the ideas for now. <laughs> I'm already putting down the drink menu at the tavern. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, Chris, this is a great place for you to. Shine your culinary skills too in our in our setting. You can have, oh, yeah. you know, cooking challenges. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there will be. In the <laughs> oh yes, mm, slivers on a stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the air fryer on the of doom, which is going to be yes. a magical item. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we have humans, shapeshifters, in- an Ancient insect rock. race, and forearm minotaurs. What if? Uh, well, what there if? We what if our? What if our? Uh, oh, never mind. No, go with it. Keep going. Don't say don't. Never mind. Just get, roll with it, dude. I have a note <laughs> here. Yep. A group of. So what if? The, like our the group that our race that our transdimensional police come from. Uh, oh. Maybe some of those might go rogue. Um, they are genetic. Uh, um, tinkerers and they do things like um, advances in their own genetics they they do these little tweaks kind of like the gmods or cybernetics type only they do it right. as uh, they do it as a reward for their for their society it's a, it's a system of reward and advancement the more advanced oh. you are genetically the higher are you are in their arc Hierarchy. Oh, okay. So people who are really powerful and influential in their world has almost like don't really look human anymore. They've had so much G mods. Yeah, they'll have so many genetic upgrades um, that they won't even look what their original humanoid was. Yeah. 
What do you think, are, Chris? And these are the the police race. Kind of... You know, I like the idea of the police of the race of like the police being like a one race. That, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. I like it. So, That's and, and cool. you know, that way we could have a basic one for a player character if somebody wanted to play it. But then we could extrapolate them out for adversaries to have the the, the police force, the transdimensional police force, have all these cool genetically modded police so nice. to speak right you know. sure yeah, I had, sounds cool uh, this officer has a bio cannon for coming out of his left eye <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> no, that, just thinking outside the box here yeah, but, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. We, I just have an idea do. of an organization that rewards its members with genetic upgrades. That's what I have this thought of. So, but that could yeah, be biotech is their their heaviest uh, technology. Yeah, their most advanced technology. Well, let's talk technology. There's a little side little side note here on the on the setting creation sheet. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, technology level I think we would have unfortunately I think we have any <laughs> yeah pretty much I mean, it could go all the way up to sci-fi kind of uh, technology if we're talking biotechnology and cybernetics then we've got psionics so psionic technology uh, do we have I mean, magic um no, well, mag- psionics are, are our magic. That's are the our magic, magic, right? Psionics is oh. the magic. But we could have psionic tech. We could have some that mingles with uh, people's psionics, maybe enhances them in ways that like very much yeah. like implements would uh, work. In, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, And then we have some biotech that we're going to do. But otherwise, we're going to borrow from all the existing levels of technology from all the other existing Genesis games out there. You can use any piece of equipment. Yeah. Right. Fantasy to through um, sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. And anywhere in between. Well, it's that weird tech. And, uh... I mean, especially if we're going to... The, I mean, and that's because, you know, going to these... Jumping to these different worlds, right? Well, yeah. We'll have all that stuff. Oh. There could be a steampunk... I don't know, maybe this... Blasted world that's steampunk based. Yeah, have mechs that are primordial machina, primordial machina, right? All of that crossovers, crossover. That's right. Yeah, this is our crossover, crossover, um, crossover episode. Episode. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you look at you know Stargate, uh, the whole series of TVs. Some of the technology that the Gaul use, like it looks like jewelry, but it's so advanced that you know it looks maybe a magic for uh, anyone else, but it actually is technology. Yep. It's just so advanced that it looks like something completely different than what we use. Cool. Okay. So I have listed here psionic, psionic tech, biotech, and in fantasy through sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. We need skills, home slices. Yeah, we do. Yep. Let's do our skill list. Our skill list. Well, at least we need specific skills to the setting. And I think, particularly, we don't have to do the full skill list. We can do that right. later if we want to. But we need, we already have decided that our psionics is going to be divided into three. Yeah. 
So one is going to be psychic attack. Yeah, it's almost like psionics in general. And then one will be mental mental combat, mental Ooh, mental, mental assault combat. And, yeah, mental, mental assault defense. And yeah, mental assault and mental defense. And that can only happen when people when you encounter someone who actually has ranks maybe in actual defense and attack or assault. Now... So we'll say that again. So we have psychic attack. We have psychic defense. I think we... I think what we... uh, What what Steph... I like Stefan's words. Mental assault, mental defense. Got it. Okay. And then we just have our straight-up psionics. Psionics for... The things that affect the real world in general, just like spells would, you know. Or creating psychic create. blades or stuff like that. Yeah, blasts uh, to throw your enemies around, uh, telekinesis, you know, creating uh, levitating stuff. Or So, mental assault. For some reason, I find that presence or cunning. I would say maybe willpower. Well, defense is definitely willpower. Yeah. Assault would be, yeah, presence, maybe more presence-based, your force of personality, your... Yep. And psionics, your intellect, just your knowledge of how to work your mind and over your reality, your surrounding reality. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if we put place a cap on it. Like uh, you can't have, you can't have your assault or defense higher than your psionic skill. Your psionic skill determines, you know, how powerful you are. But you, mm. you I don't know. Just an idea. Well, that's yeah, a, maybe not. That's a good idea. But I think um, your your natural psionics psionicists should be able to. I would think be able to put whatever ranks they'd like into like the mental assaults and the defense they don't yeah. they just kind of have a knack for it if you will right right but right. No. you know what okay. but i think but i think the psionics well what knowledge skill would we have to if we're going to be using this like the magic right so we kind of need a knowledge skill right. or something like you said there stefan that limits their power in a way. So, like, Blast 2 would be linked to what? Yeah. Uh, is that knowledge psionics? We would... Or... Uh, knowledge cosmology? Knowledge mentalism? Knowledge... Yeah. Kind of, I don't know, knowledge... Uh, I'm going to say philosophy, but not really. Mysticism. No. Knowledge mysticism. Yeah. Cool. And that would yeah, be used for all of them? Well, that's yeah. particularly for the magic. Uh, because, honestly, the mental assault and the mental defense, those are going to work like... Um, those are going to work that's like right. hacking. That's right. So mental assault yeah. will be like hacking. Well, that's it, because you'll already be like almost like spending size. some... Yeah. Yep. So instead of spending money to get programs, you're spending maybe XP to get these mental programs 
you know, the equivalent of code gate to protect your mind uh, or yep. great wall uh, and the equivalent to attack, like, you know, femme fatale or whatever. Just reskin them to <laughs> to attack your opponent. <laughs> See, it, we wouldn't have to spend XP on them. We could have them no. be mental disciplines that are taught. And, and, they, and you'd have to learn them from a mentor. And in order to yeah. do that, you got to pay. Yep. And True, number, maybe. the number you can have might be limited by your linked score, right? Oh. Yeah, by by the skill itself. Yeah, your your knowledge. No, assault. Like, no, mental like, assault would would be linked. Would be the number of assaults you have is equal to however what you have in presence, the ranks okay. you have in presence. Maybe I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Or, uh, yeah, no, I like that. Um, the amount that you could have. And then we could write talents that would allow you to be able to have multiple up or multiple inactive, active, or have be able to store more mental disciplines, things like well, that. Well, what we do is we reskin the talents from Shadows of the Beanstalk to do yep. that because they already have them. Yep. And yeah, we can go into more details on that. Well, it's but a, you know, like it's almost there. like a multitasking kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I have another knowledge. You going to okay. drop some knowledge on us? Knowledge yeah. multiverse. Oh, well. Yeah, I was going to say something like, like that. Cosmology, kind of multiverse, dimensional. Mm-hmm. All right, we need another We need another M knowledge. Knowledge mysticism, knowledge multiverse. What's the third one? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> knowledge uh, mazes. Um, mixology. Knowledge mazes. Yes. <laughs> no, knowledge mixology. <laughs> Well, yeah, mazes. you're in a tavern. I mean, <laughs> knowledge, mixology. Wouldn't that just be alchemy? No, it's mixology. No, 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 it's, no, it's mixology. It's <laughs> now, maybe going back a little bit to the magic. Maybe we'll have to answer a few questions about magic, but we cover skills first, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. If we're going to use magic in any way, shape, or form, we're going to want to flesh out our magic system. And since we're using psionic strictly for magic, I think there's a couple of ways that we can do that, that I've had kind of thoughts on myself doing a psionic yeah. system in the past. So, And you and I have talked about it before, Stefan. Yeah, yeah. And we have some, like someone else you know, that uh, received some 50 pieces of awesome in the past did a specific setting that had psionics. In it, and he he did it differently, which is kind of cool, because I was thinking, yeah, psionics might not be able to do everything. You know, can it conjure stuff out of thin air? Maybe not. You know, not going to conjure a not. I need a wrench. Being perhaps uh, a sword. Uh, A psion, yeah, a psionic energy sword or psionic wrench. (laughs) Maybe the disciplines that you learn in breaking Mm -hmm. down uh, your abilities that you can do with your psionics and that 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 mimicking of uh, changing reality that is done through talents um allowing you to do you know initially you can do uh an attack or a, a you could choose attack defense or attack or, or curse and such and such later you could add healing you can add conjuring right. you can add dispelling things like that well, yeah because- through talent well, yeah, because another way of going about it, which, you know, like the, the setting that uh, Chris reviewed a while back, uh, Salvage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, each psionic ability was almost like a fourth power you've had 
one for healing. So you had certain ranks in that, and then you had another one for reading reading thoughts, like telepathy, one for empathy, one for telekinesis. Do you want to go that way, or do we just keep it more close to the core and just have magic barrier? I don't know. I think we do. A, I think we do a session on it. I think we. Yeah. Do, I think we do an episode on it and do some yeah, more okay. brainstorm with put it. A, put a bookmark on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I at least wanted to bring it up. So. Oh, absolutely. Um. So we got knowledge mysticism, or I had another thought to change the name of it. Still an M name. Metaphysics. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, instead, because it, we're relying on, there's a lot of science. It's not just arcane kind of thing. So, yeah, metaphysics. Knowledge metaphysics, knowledge multiverse, and yeah. maybe knowledge science. Mixology and mazes. Yeah. <laughs> Mixology and mazes. <laughs> Mixes and mazes. There you go. <laughs> knowledge science. Knowledge menagerie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it covers everything else. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's put also a bookmark on psychic combat. Uh, I mean, I, I just had an idea where we, that could be something that, where you introduce uh, Tony's insanity rules and the critical damage from there. <laughs> oh, you got me there, buddy. <laughs> Imagine mental combat where, it's, you know, you, you've, you've, Grasped a, like a, a primordial fear of your opponents, like he's afraid of spiders uh, from his childhood, and yep. just twist that, and it's like, oh, now he's got a chance of getting a critical. You know, when, you, when you get a, a triumph, like, oh, there you go. You, during your mental assault, you, was, you were able to distract him with uh, one of his phobias from, that he buried. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it too. Mm-hmm. I already have a couple of working names, but we'll um, we'll get into that. Yeah, <laughs> we're already uh, an hour and almost fifty minutes in. Well, we got to set the tone. We got to take one piece of this right. and flesh out the fluff. Okay, pretty so sure it's going to be those four-arm minotaurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want to move on to to setting the tone then? That's yeah. a lot of brainstorming we've done. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we have a setting. We have all the mm-hmm. stuff for it. We just need to, yeah, fluff it. <laughs> we need a fluffer. Blaine. <laughs> Welcome to Setting the Tone. This is where we normally go to one of the books of Genesis and read a bit of the fluffy bits. But uh, we are going to flesh out here on the recording the first fluffy bit for our new setting. And uh, in the downtime, we came up with a name. So we're going to start with the name and then a bit of the history of the tavern. And the name of the tavern is... Drum roll, please. You got it? The Epsilon <laughs> Eclipse. So we'll call our setting Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse. Cool. I thought it was a cock and bull. <laughs> you, got, you got overruled, Stefan. 
Overall, fine. <laughs> That'll be one of the drinks, though, to, to for the, for inclusion. <laughs> right. History drink list. We'll have another one called and the cowpoke food list. <laughs> Sorry, the menu. I should say. <laughs> menu, so yes. we're gonna go over that too. Drink sure. list. We have a drink list. We have first one is the cock and bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, envisioning this place, uh, it began as a tavern. Yep. It began as a tavern, but it gained sentience. <laughs> yes, it did. Because of people going in and out of this tavern so often. Well, and the tavern began in a, in a world that was heavily populated with people with psionic energy. Mm. And so many psionics entered and left and yeah. stayed for hours, went through joy and pain and sorrow and every emotion mm. known under the sun. Eventually, it gained sentience and began to build its own personality. Now, did people realize this event at the beginning, or they were not initially? Initially, it just did so in silence. Okay, so maybe at first people thought the place was haunted. <laughs> yes, every <laughs> once in a while, this specter yeah. would show up. Yeah, um, things move on their own or disappear. Like, hey, where's my drink? <laughs> then, one day, there, one of the lo- one of the regulars was in the bar. Just him, well, maybe a few or of the barmaids and the or her it. Uh, <laughs> in in, all of a sudden, the bar revealed itself. To be not only a sentient being, but a damn near omnipotent one. <laughs> right. Nice. It had learned to tap into uh, some kind of collective unconscious or, or knowledge and stretched out its senses. When it did, and it reached out, it re- what it didn't know was that it was reaching out to the and contacted the Queen of the Hive. Whatever that hive may yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Still don't have a good name for it yet, but that no, will get there. No, we'll, yep. I like it. Now, mm-hmm. over the centuries, the eons, it has only grown more powerful, but so has its enemy. And in the process of jumping, when it when it first jumped to a world, the first world it jumped to was a world of order. Uh, the world of our genetic splicers, the police. The first world that it, okay, the, in yeah. the tavern jumped to would be their world. And they weren't keen on this thing just willy-nilly jumping from world to world 
Yeah, she's something that wasn't controlled by them. So they placed upon it a kind of what would be a... I don't know, I think a tracking system or maybe a... Uh, like a a series of guidelines Agent and rules that it had to follow. What do you a think? TDPS? Transdimensional positioning system? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? This is this, this is just spitballing here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just writing it all down too. So right, basically, yeah, that's your job. You're the scribe. Basically, I'm a psychic low jack. <laughs> a psychic low jack. So they could <laughs> put on it. A psychic low jack. <laughs> so that the tavern and its inhabitants could be traced across the megaverse and their meddlings could be monitored. Yeah. But sometimes the trace thing doesn't always work because sometimes there's maybe interference, so sometimes it takes time for them to find the tavern again. Once in a while. That way you don't have those policemen always breathing down your neck every time. <laughs> now, over the years, the bartender passed away. The barmaids that were in there passed away. But the singular mm -hmm. patron chose to stay. And yeah. that's our that's our the patron that we have that has his like shop basically in one corner of the bar. Puck. puck. Yeah, Puck or our friend there, Puck. Puck the yeah. fixer. <laughs> Or fuck the fixer. fixer, the fixer equivalent. <laughs> yeah, the arranger, the uh, the Mister Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bartender, barmaids died, but puck the fixer stayed. Mm -hmm. And maybe the other. Well, there still seems to be barmaids and barmen and the bartender, but they're all constructs of the tavern. They're all constructs of the taverns. Different, maybe aspects of personality. Yeah, maybe little aspects of personality. One's a bit more flirtatious. The other one's gruff. The other one's uh, uh, very serious. They all have the same appearance, but mm -hmm. they could change gender. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, personalities. Male, a bit female personalities change, but they are all manifestations of the tavern itself. Yeah, different parts of his personality. You know, the more intellectual one, the joker one, the uh, yep. the flirtatious one. <laughs> a bit like the the emotions in uh, uh, the animation movie there. Uh, they call it... Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Inside Out, I think it was called. I... The girls, you know, uh, have these emotions, anger, happiness, sadness... Fear oh. and uh, disgust. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, like, like the inside of the bar and the pay and the workers inside change mm. mood and personality of the ta of the epsilon eclipse. So does its external appearance. Yeah. When it jumps from world to world, it will mimic. The it will choose it will land inside a metropolitan or rural area and will mimic the structure and uh, technology level of the world in which it jumped. 
Right. So from medieval tavern to uh, contemporary pub to a f- fancy exactly. high-tech you know, cantina. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I play now, the same music over and over again. <laughs> it will generate the number of rooms needed based on the current occupants. Mm. Yeah, it never there, runs out of rooms. <laughs> never runs out of rooms. There always seems to be enough. If new patrons come, the more rooms will be created. Sometimes right. empty rooms can be found, but right. they're very, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that can, you can have, like, that way we have the hook of sometimes these random empty rooms appear with yeah. no reason behind them, and maybe there's a uh, you know, a ho- adventure hook right there. Because mm-hmm. in your fluff, you want to throw in adventure hooks. Why does it create empty, random rooms? Yeah, or no, not that, so empty. Something is in the inside there. That's just why. <laughs> or strange puzzle chambers. Mm-hmm. Or a door that has a puzzle, and you have to solve the puzzle to be able to open it first. Maybe in the wine cellar in the basement, there are those yeah. doors to air other places on the world that it's yeah. on, like you had mentioned. Yeah, you have to go through uh, one of the wine casks instead of a wardrobe. <laughs> there we go. All right, that's cool. Then, you know, you could have um, a bit of fluff here, a a bit of history. One time, the Epsilon Eclipse got a cold. (laughs) (laughs) It was very messy. (laughs) Patrons had to evacuate, and it's the only known time that Puck ever left the bar. (laughs) Oh. The one time the Epsilon Eclipse got a cold, yeah. Puck yep, they left for the first yep. and only <laughs> time ever. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's it. <laughs> nice. It was a very, very, very big mission of trying to find the proper medicine to clean up the tavern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. I like it. Here, take this good. giant pill. <laughs> That's a great little bit of fluff there. We got a couple well, of story that is hooks a great in little it. Little fluff. Yeah, you know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. And we can. Oh man, we've got all kinds of foods that it can serve. We can drink menus oh, out yeah. the hoo ha. Yep. Yep. <laughs> in fact, I want a drink called out. And they the can hoo-ha. change depending on the world. <laughs> all right, a drink out. There we go. The hoo ha. <laughs> is it a the rum menu can change. No, we don't have the. Is it a whiskey based drink? drink <laughs> is it a whiskey based drink? A rum based uh, drink? It's got to be. It's got to be a vodka based drink. Okay, there you go. Vodka based fruity? No. <laughs> no, nah, it's minty. Vodka based minty drink. There we go. That's all this. All right. So, Stefan, <laughs> cock and bull. The cock and ball. For what's me. the um? What's the base <laughs> of the drink? For the cock and ball, uh, definitely whiskey. <laughs> whiskey with an egg yolk. Yeah. But the egg yolk has got some sort of weird alien. You mean egg whites, to it. right? Whiskey with no, egg whites. A floating egg yolk in it. 
Yeah. It has a very nutty flavor, too. <laughs> there you go. It tastes like almonds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tastes... Because <laughs> almond, almond joys cats. <laughs> yes. Almonds. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Yeah, they, they were a lot. They taste a lot better with the chocolate around them. <laughs> wow! Holy buckets! Gee, Chris, you gotta add a drink. I do, don't I? Yeah, yeah. You get to nominate a drink. We're gonna call it the Epsilon Sour. The Epsilon Sour sounds good. Yep. Gin based? <laughs> nope. No. Grain alcohol based. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. That'll clean your insides. That's probably one of the main Apple ingredients pie. that help clean the uh, the tavern. <laughs> a- alcohol base that tastes like apple pie. Ooh. <laughs> I'm drinking one right now. Everyone <laughs> likes pie. <laughs> Just like Mama used. Basically, to. it's the it's the it's the um the apple pie. Green Moonshine. alcohol that my buddy made this weekend with some sour in it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've been inspired. So that's the Epsilon Sour. Sweet. There we go. So we could put, you know, when we fill out the write, write all the fluff down, we can, it has drink selections such as blah, blah, blah. Oof, that's right. Yeah. Menu favorites. Menu favorites such as T Rex steak. <laughs> that's it. And uh, I would invite uh, some of our listeners, if you have ideas for uh, the menu and the drink menu, to submit some. <laughs> Excellent. Drink list and the menu. T-Rex steak is the first one. <laughs> Stefan, do you have a name for another another go. thing on the menu? Not cock and balls. You can't do that. Something you're uh, insect. Uh, the menu. Mm. No, no. Mm, yes. Uh... uh uh, a special, uh, I don't know. Come back to me. I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Ne- nectar porridge. Nectar yeah. porridge. Okay, on, Chris. It's gonna be a brisket, but I don't know what. <laughs> it's gonna be a. Could it be a minotaur brisket? No. Dwarven brisket? No. Um. <laughs> um. You know what? We're gonna call it a sliver brisket. Oh, a brisket made from the fucking um, <laughs> insect race. All right, Stefan, uh, you got one. Uh, it could be a dessert. It could be a dessert. It could be an appetizer. It could be a soup. Actually, I just thought uh, just something you have at the end of your meal, not even a uh, lotus tea. <laughs> nice lotus tea. It it it. I, it's popular amongst the psionics because it sort of refocuses their uh, their attention. Nice. Maybe maybe uh, it helps recover strain spent on psionic yeah. powers. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, if they don't have strain, it could give them uh, a temporary boost eye for just a little while. Well, nice. of course it does. Because well, it's your yeah. drink. It <laughs> <Yes>. gives you... <laughs> It's, it's called the blue, the blue lotus. It's a pale the blue, blue lotus. Flower. Oh no, no, no! That's a no. That's a dessert. No, there's a dessert called the blue lotus. Oh, there you go. The blue, blue lotus, lotus sherbet. The blue, blue lotus, lotus sherbet. There we go. Or how about the blue lotus booster cake? 
Yeah. No, 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 the sherbet. <laughs> because if you if you if you eat it too fast, it gives you a, a psionic headache. <laughs> eat it too fast, it gives you a psionic setback. Yep. There you go. Psionic headache. <laughs> ow! Ow! Brain freeze. <laughs> Gives your opponent the boost die to, to mental assaults against you. Nice. <laughs> you know I'm making notes of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you did too fast. Popular with the... Okay, so Lotus Tea is popular with the Sonics. Regen Strain. Yeah, the <laughs> or it gives a boost die. No, if, if, if taken too, too quickly. <laughs> Blue Lotus Sherbert. Cyanic headache if you eat it too fast. Maybe uh, when you when you do to, you do consume it, you have to make a, a resilience check to see how if you because it's so good you want to eat it fast. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes, discipline check. Yep, discipline or resilience. Yeah, discipline makes sense. Yeah, discipline to not eat so fast. No, or discipline or cool. I guess right now. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. All right, there we go. We started a menu. We got a drink list. Yep. We have some history. Yep. Some NPCs. Key NPCs. Somebody some excited w- daughters yelling in the background. Some excited oh, yeah, daughters some, yelling. That's awesome. Some kids. Well, none of my daughters. Anyway, not that I know of. <laughs> you have daughters? <laughs> well, not, like, right. not that I know of. <laughs> All righty then. Um, so we want to put a cork in this tone setting that we're yeah. doing yes so yeah yeah and are we going to do some advantageous threats it's getting kind of long i think we could yeah. let's do it oh yeah let's do yeah, it all right so we'll do it. all right let's do it Welcome to uh, our favorite part of the show. Uh, you've been waiting a long time because it's been a long episode. Part three, advantageous threat. Threats. Advantageous threats. 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 Sorry. My, yes. It's my Canadian accent, eh? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we set up a little situations and uh, for each one of us. And the other two try to trip up... Uh, the other person, and then we resolve the uh, the roles. Cool. So uh, we'll start with uh, Chris. I will. Okay, I'm going to start. Now, I must tell you, this has been inspired mm-hmm. by a situation that happened at CabinCon this past weekend <laughs> during oh, our Warhammer God. setting. There we go. So, Jossie, a greedy human outlaw in a gritty fantasy setting is trying to sneak onto a farm to steal a bow from a recently deceased houndmaster. Okay? All right. So it's nighttime with Mm -hmm. a decent moonlight, but there are bear traps and a pack of hunting dogs between the woods where Jossie's coming from and the barn where this bow is at. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, so plenty of opportunities for bad dice to show up. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you the story, what really happened. (laughs) <laughs> right. But we'll see how this happens. Um, so Jossie is fairly agile with four ranks in agility. Mm-hmm. Kind of sneaky with two ranks in stealth. All Plus, right. 
he's got the knack for it, stealth talent. Of course. So Beyond yes. that, he's just a greedy son of a bitch that wants a freaking yeah. bow. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, you'll be able to sell it for a lot of money on the black market. <laughs> Yippers. Yes, indeedy. Um, I'm getting rid of right. getting out some of my dice here because I didn't All before right. we started. All right, so with those, I would say that since it's nighttime, he's human, so of course he doesn't have any ability to see in the dark. Right, but there's slight uh, moonlight out there, so what are we talking about? Moonlight, so it's not. Two or one setback. I would see at least, well, I'll start with, a, I think, a hard difficulty because it's still dark, fairly dark. Well, now, granted, now there are there are hounds about probably sne- sleeping, so yeah. that could be difficult. That could be kind of a automatic upgrade. Yeah, for things well, too. I think for, you know, but I think for Jossie, uh, I'll put it yeah as an average check because he's used to uh, to sneaking about, of course, at night. Okay, and this moonlight is pretty good, so he's he's okay with that. There's no not too many clouds, but like you said, there's bear traps here and there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know exactly where they are, and of course, those hunting dogs will have a keen sense of smell, even if they're sleeping. Right. So, so we're talking say hard with an hard with an automatic upgrade because of this keen uh, set of smell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then one or two setback die for the light. A lack of light, at least one setback, and okay. another setback because. You, well, no, that's still part of the automatic upgrade for the bear traps because, you know, okay. stepping, stepping in one of those would definitely be a, a despair. <laughs> yes, it would. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, it would. Tony, would you have any other ideas for possible setback or, uh, or if that's enough? So, so far he, we've, we've got three. What did he three. do prior? What, what did was, he do? Uh, yeah, what was, scenar- was the scenario he was in previously? What, what were they doing when he decided he wanted to? Steel. They were investigating the death of the Houndmaster, and he saw the bow. He realized there was a bow here, and he'd come back at night to steal the fucking thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yes, this happened Friday night <laughs> in Warhammer. So far we've got a hard difficulty, so three purple upgraded once, so two purple, mm-hmm. one red. Yep. And at least one setback, I think, for... Uh... For the light... For it being dark. Yeah. For being somewhat dark, but it's still a decent moonlight. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a reason to flip a story point. Yes, you All do. Right. The breeze is constantly changing direction. Ah, well, there you go. Awesome. So that'll make it definitely more difficult. Mm-hmm. So two reds, one purple. All right. Well. And, <laughs> and one black. One black? Okay. Well, since I have a knack for it when stealthing... I'm going to take this black out of my pool because yeah. I can do that. That's so I'm it. left with two yellow, mm-hmm. two green, two red, and a purple. And I'm good with this check. Right. And I, th- I, and? I, was, I was leaning maybe towards giving you a boost because you've, even though it's nighttime, you've been to this place before. So you've kind of almost kind of like nowhere. scoped it out when you saw Perfect. the bow. You don't know everything, but you at least know a little bit All of right. the lay of the land. Alrighty then. All right, let's see how Jossie does in Genesis, as opposed to Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a GM, I award boost dice sometimes. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What the hells? <laughs> uh, doesn't sound too good. <laughs> the same. 
Yes. Um, well, well, Jossie failed. With three oh, oh. advantage. <sighs> All right. And a despair. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh-huh. So, so what do you want to do for well, your... Me, so you... Well, let me narrate to you what happened Friday, because it's, it kind of fits, to be honest with you. Okay. Failed it. Woke up some of the dogs. Mm-hmm. Rolled, a, rolled a nat one, by the way. Critically failed the check, which I just did. <laughs> and... Was mauled to death <laughs> by the dogs. However, spent what's called a resolve point or a fortune point to somehow live, right? And uh, you only get X number. I'm going to spend the three advantage <laughs> for right. the dogs as they're as they take 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 Jossie down, take him out. The wife shoots the shotgun. Into the air, and the dogs scatter, just leaving the leaving the body right, out so there he's, he's in the tall grass right, because almost, you know they were left for dead, but not quite. Y- yep, not quite left for dead. <laughs> <laughs> left for dead, but still crawling, <laughs> hanging on by his fingernails. That's right, <laughs> life. So, anything to add? <laughs> well, basically, you've you've described your despair with advantage. So. <laughs> That's what I tried to. Do. So yes, yeah, see everybody, this system works in any other system. Yes. You can totally yes. do it. That's awesome. Anyway. Sorry, Jeremy, you are now. Um, uh, this is right. now going to be on the internet forever. <laughs> there you go. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, do you want to go next, or sure. shall I? Oh, go ahead. All right, whichever. Okay, so Tony, me. All right, I'll go next. So, I decided to. Through some chatting with Tony and the other guys from uh, Nerds International, got inspired a little bit to in- introduce a new character into the primordial machina setting. Uh, a dwarf artificer mechanic called Art- Arto Deep Tomb. And he only speaks in uh, beeps and whistles. He's mute and wears blue and white kind of armor slash uh, overalls, coveralls. <laughs> 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 He's sort of the engineer uh, of uh, the airship, the Magenta Phoenix. And he wants to upgrade the engines with a powerful new artifact that his fellow crew members uh, have discovered recently. You know, part of this like ancient fag lords, you know, their crystal tears, something like that. <laughs> and he wants to incorporate it to improve the engines to be faster and more mobile. Nice. So he's got a mechanic skill total of three yellow and one green. Ooh-hoo. His knowledge arcane, just in case he came out, of two yellow and two green. Okay. And just to be different, I read through the various talents, uh, both in the core book and uh, mm-hmm. a supplement that I think Drain Smith came out with. Um, so a few, ve- a few, instead of going for knack for it, try to find things that would fit a mechanic. So signature vehicle. Specialist knowledge, which uh, at tier one, which makes his uh, knowledge checks uh, reduce the difficulty. Uh, signature vehicles, uh, he upgrades the ability of all mechanics checks to make uh, work on the vehicle once. So, of course, the Magenta Phoenix is his signature vehicle. 
Cool. And he's, and he's an inventor, too, with two ranks in that. So when he makes a, a check to construct an item or modify an existing one, he, he can use this talent to add boost die to his, to his checks, <laughs> equal to the rank of inventor. That's <laughs> the nice. talent for you, buddy. There we go. <clears throat> All right. So what you're basically trying to do in mm-hmm. Primordial Machina setting, you're trying to use a Fey Crystal to upgrade the engine. I see this as, okay, well, because it is a a Fey Crystal, it's going to be an automatic upgrade, a single automatic upgrade because it has one of those involved. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be hard hard or daunting, wouldn't it be? I see this as being um, a a hard check initially, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a hard check would be three purple... But you're upgrading it automatically, so one red. Because when dealing with fey crystals in crafting, you automatically upgrade once. Right. Now, is there a time right. thing? Perfect. Is he, no is he trying to? Is this in the middle of combat? Is he trying to? He's aboard the ship. Is it flying? He's aboard the currently? ship. Uh, no, they're they're docked in one of the big uh, oh, okay. main cities. You know, the big ring crater city. Got it. Uh, uh, shattered crown. Right, the shattered crown. Um, so he, of course, I would use his signature vehicle ability to upgrade one of his checks. So that becomes that one green, the one green becomes a yellow. Cool. So that one I'll just remove. I forgot to bring my dice from Montreal, but I do have a dice rolling app on the, on my phone. Sounds good. So I've got that. So that would be four green. And of course, with his inventor, he's got two boost die. The ranks, right? Right right there. So okay. we're looking at a, so far, yeah, uh, two purple, one red, two blue, and f- four yellow. Four yellow, oof. Now, even though they're not in combat, this is already a fake crystal that's already been taken into account. He, the engines, you know, they, they came out of a, a pretty nasty fight. That's why he wants to improve the engines, uh, you know, with all the the things that happened to to get this crystal, you know, they they had to extract his uh, his team in the middle of combat. He took a bit of damage, so I, I would was, say maybe a bit of setback because he's he has to. Uh, were you going to let us determine what sure. kind of setback to give you here, or you sure. can do it all to yourself? No, no, no go ahead. <laughs> Play the game. I'm man. not afraid to get myself setback though. Yeah. <laughs> No, I like that. I like the idea of coming out of combat and having some residual damage that would give you a single setback die. Mm -hmm. Setback, all right. And I'm thinking this combat was pretty nasty, so there's probably a critical injury on the engines, maybe. That's why he's upgrading. He's fixing them. He's upgrading them. Maybe he's fixing the critical injury. So maybe that adds a difficulty. I was going to say, if we're rolling a fix of a... Of, of a single right. critical injury, a single it die well critical, in in, yeah. critical, not critical hit, sorry, single die critical hit difficulty right. will increase the difficulty by one. Yeah, two. let's say okay, that. So an extra purple. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking good there. Like I said, no knack for it. Maybe that'll be his next uh, talent. Right. <laughs> so let's roll it. Mm-hmm. All right. So with all of that, all right, a couple of blanks. And no, no despairs, but no triumphs either. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he fails to install the upgrade. Uh, 
Yeah, he it, it's a wash for successes and failures. Uh, he gets one threat out of all of that dice. <laughs> Dang. So here's an idea for the threat. Yeah. The threat is um, you start looking at the critical hit that you mm-hmm. got and realize that when your engine took damage previously, the mounting lugs where you would put this were melted. And you're going to have yeah. to manufacture new that's mounting it. lugs or go purchase new ones. Well, that's it. So, yeah, he, he's basically having to do a lot of repairs before he can actually install this fake crystal uh, upgrade. Yep. There's no way, uh, other way around it. Uh, he tried to do it before the, uh, the damage was, uh, was repaired. But, yeah, he's going to have to... To do some serious repairs, so he goes swearing all the way around. <laughs> the captain and his other crew are worried, coming down. What the heck is going on? <laughs> Arto's at it again. Arto, uh, no. <laughs> leave him alone. He'll repair it. Whatever. <laughs> Just send his friend Chopper in there to help him. <laughs> captain walks by. Arto, can you lock that down? <laughs> right, right, later, later, fine. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Alrighty. Alright, Tony, what you got for us, buddy? Okay. <laughs> my oh, I, I as the GM, my ogre adversary gang leader, by the name of Raksu, is trying to choke out a certain catfolk scout scout player at a riverside tavern. Who do we know that has a catfolk scout? I mm-hmm. wonder who she does have. Oh, one. I don't know. Jen, I wonder. Maybe. <laughs> well, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, I don't have you one. have a catfolk kind of scout a... in our? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Yes, we'll, I did. We'll I have one in the past. Oh, Tr oh, okay. White Shadow. That's all right. <laughs> well, he had a very fancy bow, if I remember. Wow, everybody uh, wants to steal bows. I didn't even read yours when well, I put mine a, down there. Shit. He had <laughs> a decent bow, but no, he, he doesn't have a signature bow himself. He, he had the another ability, but whatever. He, has, he still has a nice bow, yes. Nice. All right. <laughs> well, That his he, friend Jossie stole for him. <laughs> but he does have a very big coin purse. Yes. And the, my ogre gang leader has decided he wants it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's mine. 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 So, Roxu. Mm-hmm. has, thinks about it ahead of time, after seeing that coin purse, punches his shaman and says, hey, make me strong. So the <laughs> shaman <laughs> augments his brawn, increasing uh-huh. Raksu's brawn, or augments him, so increasing Raksu's brawn roll to six dice. Nice. So, Raksu is going to have an augmented brawn with a brawl of three. He has the grapple and pressure point talents. Okay. Now, from grapple, oh, those are both in uh, realms of Terranoth. Okay. Grapple is a tier two, and uh, pressure point is tier three. Okay. Uh, um, grapple allows him to suffer two strain to use the talent, and until the end of his next turn, enemies must spend two maneuvers to disengage from him. Nice. Uh-huh. I like All it. Right. So he is initially going to write off from the get-go as a that is done as an active incidental. As an incidental, he'll spend that two strain to mm-hmm. make it so that uh, Mister White Shadow can't get away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he's very slippery. He knows. Uh. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, the tier three talent of pressure point. It just says when uh, when the character it's a 
incidental active also. When they make an unarmed brawl check to target a living creature or living opponent, they may use this talent to deal strain instead of wound damage and inflict additional strain equal to their ranks in medicine. Ah. So, since Raksu is a studied wrestler, he happens to have one rank in medicine. Nice. There you go. <laughs> he knows so. how to set bones, not just break them. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Raksu, Raksu boss. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I'm looking currently at uh, the uh, melee defense of the the character having a one melee defense and uh, the two purple di- difficulty for a melee attack um, for a brawl right. attack. Right. So I have uh, three yellow, three green, two purple, one black initially. Now I spend my incidental to uh, do two strain to to take uh, activate the grapple. grapple. Got it. Mm-hmm. And. Since I wasn't engaged before, I cannot spend my maneuver to aim. I have to move into engaged range to attack. Gotcha. All right. So, of course, uh, Kiara would not want to be grappled by something really big and nasty. And, you know, he sees him coming, uh, even though he might not know know that he's going for the purse. Uh, So, spend a a story point to upgrade that and try to be slippery in... uh, Try to avoid, of course. Uh, <laughs> Rax is Raksu. very confident in his shaman's ability to augment him. So, therefore, um, what was oh the augment? Would, sorry, what that normally does just adds a green die, the yeah. base yeah. augment. So, what he would normally have is a five die pool for his five brawn and uh, two uh, three ranks in brawl for a total of two green, three yellow is. Three green, three yellow. There, okay. there's the, the description of. It. Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm All right. happy with my pool. Sounds good. Are you? Yeah, I'm happy too. No, yep. We go flipped ahead. already, but go for it. Yep. <laughs> All right. So your red flip die. Yeah. Nothing. No. No. Darn it. <laughs> so, Raxu had a grand total of <laughs> four successes. With only one of those being canceled out by your armor. Or, five, right. sorry, five mm-hmm. with one of those being canceled out by your armor. And uh, one advantage. So that is five strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, what is a grapple? It does uh, equal to your brawn damage, doesn't it? I believe. I'm not sure. Well, grapple, I mean, you could just do unarmed damage, which is basically your brawn. Yeah. Right, it does. So it's brawn plus number yeah. of uncancelled successes plus medicine. So okay. it's a grand total of ten strength. Ouch. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Because your brawn's six. It's brawn. It's well, technically the augment just adds an extra green die. That's oh, you're it right. It I see brawn six here. I got it. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just adds an extra green die. I wrote it that way just for simplicity's it, sake. But okay. more more successes. I got it. I, I hear you. So he's got a brawn of five. Yep. Right. He rolled four, four successes, successes, one rank in medicine, total of ten uh, strength. Yeah. Nice. Ten. Okay. <clears throat> ah, With so. one advantage. Yeah. With one advantage. Which? For that one advantage, advantage, he is going to have kind of pinned the uh, the 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 cat folk's arm right underneath his big hand reaching for that coin purse so 
he's going to get a that catfolk's going to get a setback die or the next person to act. Right. Nice. So there you go. So yeah. So Kiara's cool. Stuck. Yeah. <laughs> stuck. Stuck there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very. Cool. Dude, with those two talents working together, though, with gra- mm. uh, anything trying to get away from you and you being able to—I mean, there's not a lot of things you can do ten strain to in one. And one wallop. No, and one shot. So one one shot. Yeah. If you were doing that to a caster who had already spent some of his strain, oh, body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, won't, he won't be casting anything else anytime soon, or else he'll just kill over. <laughs> now imagine if you were using the rules for ready fight and grapple. <laughs> Which yeah. I was just kind of looking at right now. <laughs> Oh, here we there go. There could be more here stuff. Here we go. There. Fighting tall. <laughs> this fighter is exceptionally long-limbed for their size, whereas learned yeah, to maximize the use of their natural reach for the purposes <laughs> of incoming and outgoing brawl striking combat checks. Character acts as four inches taller than normal. Nice. nice. All right. Shall we Very get, cool. all, get on out of here? Yeah, so I that was so. our advantageous threats. So yeah, we can uh, start wrapping up the uh, the episode and put a nice bow on it. All right, let's do it. Here we go. All right, everybody, that's it for our show tonight. I'd like to give a shout out to Matt Stark and his blog, Thoughts of a Barbarian. It's pretty much about anything gaming. Um, he hasn't posted in a while, but he did post just recently, like this past week, um, mm-hmm. about his first week of the RPG a day questions and answers. So that's pretty cool. And of course, if you scroll down, you can see Tony in his grandson's wampa hat <laughs> from <Yeah>. last year's <laughs> Con and a Cobb. <laughs> nice. But you can find that that blog at uh, thoughtsofabarbarian.blogspot.com. He's on the Mayways. Mm-hmm. He's on uh, Nerds International community member and on Twitter at mstark78. So awesome! Yeah, he's an awesome go. guy, and uh, some of these answers that he gave were were pretty pretty insightful. Sometimes you know you you, you almost you find out a little bit more of the person. Yep, he's always got good insightful reviews of some of the products that he's reviewed over time, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I always enjoy his blog when he when he does it mm-hmm. so check it out yep check it out all right, right. Stefan. yep um other uh, bits of news before you leave is uh of course our important reminder of con on the cob coming up uh in less than two months now october 3rd to the 6th in uh, richfield ohio just south of cleveland so we'll be at least 10 or 12 of us uh, cool uh there um, we, so we three at least will a couple of new faces we're hoping. Yep, we will we be there. Will be there. Uh, uh, we're going to record. And, uh, yeah, come and say hi if we're, if we're there. Yeah, we're going to yeah, record gonna an episode record. right from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep, exactly. A little recap maybe, just you know, while it's all fresh in our memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we've... Uh, think while we're, we're still running, half drunk, probably. Yeah, we're, we're running a couple <laughs> games too. I think I'm going to do um, Starfinder... I think we're running to Warhammer. 
starter set. Tony, you got a couple of Genesis games too, right? One or two? I have and three, oh, yeah, three, three games I'm running. Two of them are Genesis. One is Star Wars. Oh, the Star um, Wars. Oh, yeah. I have one spot open in my Star Wars game. I have three slots open still in my Primordial Machina game on Saturday morning. Yeah, so come join us. And, and I have, uh, I think, one slot open in my Android game. Friday, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> and I've gamed with you so much. They're still that... open. I'll, I'll, uh... Go ahead, Seth. Sorry. I said, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait to... If they're still open, uh, I'll join, but you know, leave room for other people who want to play with uh, Tony, who's an awesome GM, uh, or DM, depending on the game. <laughs> It'll be GM. I do run D-Shift 70 there you once go. in a great while. There you yes, go. There you go. Yeah, I was just going to say that I am yeah, signed I up for those games, but I'll um I'm I've got game with Tony so much that if anybody's there you want to jump in, I'll definitely give my seat up. And hang out and heckle yeah, him and all that shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give him a bad time. He's like, no, 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 you're not using the despair right. <laughs> I think there was that one oh my god, that one that what that first year, um I actually gave up my seat for Colin to play. And then I was sitting oh, between. Yeah. Then I was sitting between you and Matt, and that's when Matt decided to do his fucking Wookie thing and gets up in your face right over <laughs> me, and I'm like, "Holy shit! What the hell's going on here? Uh-oh. Are they throwing down or what? Yeah. <laughs> this game's about to be in yeah. 3D. This game's fucking awesome." <laughs> because Matt is also not a small, small man, so he's imposing too when he wants oh, to. Yeah. Yeah, and it was so great is that, yeah. you know, Matt's is one of those guys when he when, when you speak you listen because he's kind of mm-hmm. soft, but when he does talk, it's there, but when when he just just goes off and yeah. what the <laughs> fuck? It was great. Uh, it was and I'll be running a couple of games, at least one game. I'll be using uh, trying out this new little micro light rule system called Tiny Dungeon. Cool. Nice. And because uh, I subscribe to this dungeon in a box and I'll be getting a couple of adventures by the time I the con comes around, I'll try to roleplay uh, and run that to see how it goes. It looks pretty neat, pretty simple. So you need 3D6s max, and that's about it. <laughs> cool. Very nice. Yeah, very cool, dude. Yep. So I've got a few openings still for those. So. All right. Well, this is uh, so we, uh, you can contact us, mm-hmm. getting a hold of us at findingthenarrativepodcast@gmail.com. You email us over there your drinks or food list items mm-hmm. for our new setting <laughs> yep. uh, or any other ideas that you uh, may want to share with us um, all all emails are welcome um, some may be answered answered brusquely if I find them offensive so uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can uh, you can uh, get a hold of me and Stefan at finding narrative on Facebook Uh Nerds mm-hmm. International, Finding the Narrative, are both on MeWe. And our Twitter presence is now at FTN underscore Genesis, and the beloved Stefan will talk to you over there. Yep, yep. Uh, tell your friends and family to listen to us at uh, all the good places to listen to podcasts, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, and others. And, uh, yeah, this is Tony saying keep rolling them bones. And this is Stefan saying, if you're not asking for boost dice, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool, even if they ask for boost dice, (laughs) because, you know, you're just having fun. Good night, everybody.
Good night. Au revoir. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.